Welcome to the On3 Podcast, where we talk about the mission of Grace Church and the moment we're in. Hey, this season on the On3 Podcast, we're talking about how we can stand in the difficult intersections of life with young adults. I'm your host, Michael Marshall, and today we have uh, Dr. Steve Bailey. Uh, Steve, thank you for being on with us. Can you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, well, I'm married to Wilma. We have uh, three kids, nine yeah. grandchildren. Wow. And um, yeah, we live in Tucker. That's so cool. Anything else? Uh, what's your What's your position here at, at Grace Church Town Center? At Grace Church, uh, they call me the pastor of care and counseling. And basically, I'm just I'm part-time here and uh, just trying to take a little bit of the pastoral care load off of, off of David. Yeah. Yeah. But this isn't your only position. No. No, I work the rest of the week, uh, really a full-time job with uh, Encompass World Partners, which is a um, yeah, missionary sending organization uh, that is affiliated with the Caris Fellowship, just like Grace Church is. And uh, we originally went to Argentina as missionaries with that organization. And now I'm working in the home offices uh, based in Atlanta, uh, doing pastoral care of our staff uh, located around the world. So a lot of care. You just care a whole lot. Yeah, I guess so. That's kind of my niche. (laughs) You had a big, uh, big heart for care, kind of grew up with it, right? Just I guess that's just the way God, God's wired me. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, um, that's kind of why we uh, wanted to have you on. One for your care, but one for your perspective as um, and an older and one for my age. That's yeah, what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I'm, there's there's a fine line to walk of like when do, when can I call someone old? Um, <laughs> well, you're safe calling me old. <laughs> well, you've got you've lived a lot more life than I have. There you go. And so there I would say. I want to say seasoned. I'm like, you're well seasoned. Um, extremely well seasoned. You're extremely well seasoned. Um, and that's, I mean, that is honestly a, it's not a position of uh, something that makes you lacking, but honestly just gives you a great perspective and a lot of wisdom towards, especially what we're doing, which is kind of what we wanted to talk about is through okay. uh, our vision of, uh, everyone on three, which is our vision campaign as Grace Church Town Center. Uh, But throwing that a little bit broader towards just desiring as the church and specifically the local church in our engagement with young adults, um, having someone that goes, I've lived through that Mm -hmm. um, and wanting to talk into that of going, I can, one, you can talk to young adults from a different perspective and two, you can talk to peers on how to look at that different perspective, um, which I think with your background and missionary, pastor of care, uh, just your life that you've lived, um, you've got a great opportunity to do that, which is one of the reasons why we wanted you on here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, kind of the first thing, we've, we've talked on the podcast of defining a young adult. So we've done that. Um, and so I'm curious on how you would define a senior or elder in a church. Like, how would you define that generation? 
because we've got young adults and then we've got some like young families and like career oriented people. But then there's a season almost seemingly after that. Yeah. Generally speaking, you're, you're talking about, uh, what's, what's often called the boomer generation. Mm -hmm. So you're usually talking about people born between, um, people between the ages of 50 and 70 yeah. that are the boomer generation. So 1950 or so, uh, they were born usually in the 50s. And um, yeah, and that's where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. And they've lived a lot of life. Yeah, they lived a lot of life. And it's called the boomer generation because it was during a great period. Of, it was after the war, mm-hmm. World War II. Yeah. And it got, so it was a great period of growth population growth uh that so the population of the united states just exploded so there's a a lot of us and there's a lot of us in the church a lot of us in society it's Mm -hmm. a large uh chunk of the population uh that make up the boomer generation yeah yeah i mean part of the reason why we see a bunch of pop-ups of like uh assistant living homes uh a I don't even know what they call it, but like the, um, there are apartment complexes for people of a specific age and over. Retirement communities. Retirement communities, things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, my, I think my own parents are on the very tail end of that. They're like just barely boomers. Yeah. 55 Um, and older communities, which is something you you never saw. I mean, mm -hmm. 20 years ago, that would have sounded weird. Yeah. But you see them now because there's like, again, there's so many of us. Yeah. We talked a little bit about how, when you were like growing up and a young adult, mm-hmm. um, this idea of of searching for someone that's older or even having someone older speak into you didn't really exist. No, no. But when I was growing up in high school and college in the seventies, mm-hmm. uh, it was the nineteen, not the eighteen seventies, not that old. But in the, in the, in the seventies, um, yeah, it was. We were as a generation characterized by a lack of respect for authority. Mm-hmm. A lot of rebellion, open rebellion. That was when everybody was starting, probably for the first time, to have long hair and and earrings and things. Anything that we could do to irritate the older generation. And we certainly didn't want the older generation telling us what to do. We mm-hmm. wanted to do our own thing. Yeah. And not much respect for the old generation. In general, I think that's true of, of, of my generation. Do you think that's affected the way the young adults now and today have... Do you feel like they've adopted that same kind of culture? You know, I don't. I, I sense today and young people today, um, you know, whether they're Gen X or Gen Zs or, uh, you know, in their late teens and early 20s, mid 20s, it just seems like there's a whole lot more of a desire to uh, to glean from the wisdom of mm-hmm. older people, yeah. to be mentored by older people. And perhaps it's because of, um, the fact that so many uh, of the young people today come from broken homes. Yeah. Uh, they're children of divorce mm-hmm. or they're, they come from homes that were very dysfunctional um, for one reason or another. And because of that, they've never had a, the positive influence of an older person in their life. Yeah. Somebody to mentor them, somebody to counsel them, someone to be their friend, someone to talk with. Uh, and I find that younger people today seem to be much more open to real, honest relationships with mm-hmm. older people 
something that my generation wasn't very open to. Yeah. So if that's the view from the younger generation to the older. Do you feel like this senior and elder position in the church, this older generation, Mm -hmm. uh, do they have a part to play in our mission towards young adults to stand in this intersection? Yeah, I think they really do. I think um, often when you get my age and you get in your 60s, uh, you hear a lot of people talking. I I call it the cranky old man syndrome, you know, where you're just you're always talking about how things were better when you were a kid mm. and why things can't be like they were, yeah. you know, years ago and everything was so much better then and these kids today and what are we going to do? The world's just, you know, going to hell in a handbasket. Yeah. And I really, I, uh, I really don't think that that helps anything. Mm. Uh, that certainly doesn't, doesn't contribute to, to, to any solutions. It's just, it just makes us crankier, and it makes people resent us. When I say us, people of our generation, it makes people uh, not want to listen to us. Mm-hmm. So I think um, I think it's important for for old, the older generation to encourage the younger generation mm-hmm. and look for ways to encourage them, to help them, to guide them, to be their friend, and to for let the young people know that we're on their side and mm. that we, that we are with them. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that, that really is huge. And I think even growing up and my own experience of going, yeah, I mean, like I've, I've experienced the anomaly in a home where I have God fearing parents that stay together. That's a blessing. Uh, and it's been a huge blessing, but even still uh, desiring that older generation to still speak into me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm on the, on the top side of young adult nowadays, um, though I don't feel like it and mentally I'm feel like I'm still 12. Mm -hmm. Um, but to be honest, I mean like married, have a kid growing out of that, that stage of life, even still, um, recognizing that the, even the generation below, below me, right? Like that are beginning this stage of young adult life, uh, or even looking towards me as an older generation, which is kind of weird. But even further, they're going, hey, w- what can we gain? How Like this wisdom that this former generation lived, how can we tap into that? Because we yeah. they didn't have access to that growing up, yep. which is so crazy. Um, and so it really kind of calls in a question of like, all right, well, if we're talking to this older generation in the church, um, local church, capital C church, which is how we just say the global church, uh, if we're talking to them like, and they're going, I don't even know what I have to offer. What do you, what do you believe the older church has to offer in that, in this relationship and discipleship and all that stuff? What the older church has to offer to the younger church? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I've mentioned already, but I mean, it's just life experiences and we've been there and we know, um, I mean, it's been a long time, but, uh, Many in many ways, human relationships are the same, and we know what it is to to look for a wife. Mm-hmm. We know what it is to to have a girlfriend. We know what it is to have children. Yeah. Uh, we know what it is to struggle economically as a young family, mm-hmm. and uh, because we've all been through that, and um, just a lot of life experiences, we know what it's like as a, as a believer to be a minority where you work and where you live. Yeah, we know what it's like to walk with Jesus through hard times. Uh, the older you get, 
the more people that you know die mm. and uh that you know and that's one of the trials that that happen to you as you get older so mm. you deal with physical deterioration and ailments and illnesses and then you're dealing with the death of friends and family things that young people don't usually have to deal with so yeah it puts us in a position of um yeah, just life experience that we can share with people and especially as believers to, to teach people how to, how to deal with those things as a Christian. I love what you said um, when we were talking earlier about how uh, there's an opportunity to almost cheerlead. Like yeah. you're called to be almost cheerleaders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like and that's what I mean by when I say the older people our generation needs to encourage the younger mm-hmm. generation. Yeah. There was a time when, you know, we were the elders of a church. We were the overseers. We were the deacons and the pastors, and we were the decision makers, and we served on all the committees, and we called the shots in the local church. But nowadays, that's being done by the younger people, and we're not in those driver's seats anymore. But we need to be cheerleading. We need to be saying, hey, way to go, and 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 encouraging people when they do well and praying for them when we don't think it do well but trying to keep our criticisms to ourselves and figuring out ways to share uh, even constructive criticism if we have it yeah. but also you know if if the relationship is such that that, that that'll work but also just um yeah just being a, a cheerleader of the younger people and and um yeah, and encouraging them, standing on the sidelines and, and supporting them in any way we can, but realizing that we're not going to be 100% in agreement with everything that's done no. and said because, you know, they do things differently and they have somehow sometimes have different values. But as long as it's not unbiblical, yeah. as long as it's not against the truth of the word, uh, then we need to allow for those differences and just say, well, that's, I wouldn't do it that way, but that's the way they choose to do it. And, Let's support them. Mm. Yeah. That reminds me of the conversation we had with uh, Kevin Stoffer mm. when he was on the podcast of, I mean, just being there and partnering with the struggles that this generation coming up has. Mm-hmm. Where, she, where he tells a story of how his daughter, uh, her biggest fear was uh, a fear of missing out mm. and how his... Uh, knee-jerk reaction was that's silly that's like that's stupid why would you fear that but to uh to what is it uh i don't i don't know the word but to to put weight to it i mean like just mm-hmm. acknowledge that okay that's your struggle right uh i've had struggles let me talk to you about like how i dealt with mine and maybe mm-hmm. i can partner with you and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um when we were talking earlier and, and i'm wondering uh and you got, I loved how passionate you got about it, of how uh, retirement plays into this this generational ministry that we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I feel pretty strongly about this, that I think in America there exists this retirement syndrome, retirement uh, idea that one has, one works until they're 65 or 60 or 70 maybe, And then they spend the last 10, 15, 20 years of their life doing whatever they want to do. And somehow you've earned the right to do nothing for the rest of your life. Now, I'm not saying that somebody that lays bricks for a living 
needs to be a bricklayer when they're 70. Of course, yeah. And, uh, but you know, I'm not saying you can't retire from your job uh, that you've done all your life to do something else, but we should always be looking to do something else. Uh, to me, to me, uh, retirement has to be more for a Christian than I'm going to spend time with my grandkids and relax. Yeah. You know, God has given us all spiritual gifts. I believe everybody has a spiritual gift, no matter what age you are. And those gifts don't have an expiration date. Mm -hmm. We have to be using them to serve God and to serve others. And God's given us opportunities and he's given us uh, experiences. And to many of us, he's given us resources that we didn't have when we were younger. And when you use those experiences, when you use those spiritual gifts, uh, we need to use those resources to help people to serve God, to, to help build the kingdom of God, to help make disciples. Uh, God has a mission for us, and we're on mission now. Your mission is not over at retirement. Mm. Retirement needs to be just uh, retirement from your job. And the whole, I don't even like the word retirement and don't want to ever retire and don't think that it's a necessarily a biblical concept. Mm. That doesn't mean you can't retire from your job that you've had all your life to do something else. But if God is calling you into retirement, he's calling you to something. Mm. And it's not just to sit and soak and sour, as we say in a church. It's to church pew it's to or church seat. It's, it's to, to do something for God. So we need to be, I think we need to be, searching and praying and seeking God about what he's calling us to for our retirement. It would be a real shame, you know, uh, to, to stand before God and he'd say, what did you do the last 20 years of your life after you retired from your factory job or your office job or whatever it is? And you say, well, I've, uh, John, John Piper talks a lot about this in his, he has a famous sermon called Don't Waste Your Life. You know, and you say, well, I, I have a great seashell connect collection and my golf game has improved a lot. And that's what you did in the last 20 yeah. years. We ought to be doing more. We ought to be making a difference. Mm. We ought to be praying, God, give me a vision. Give me an idea of what you want from me in my, in this next stage of life, you yeah. know, post quote unquote retirement. Because uh, I think we have a lot to do. And, and again, it's so important because there's so many of us. Yeah. It's a huge swath of the population that that needs to be serving God, needs yeah. to be active in serving God, needs to be active in making disciples. And while we still have, and obviously people get sick and people have illnesses and people have physical ailments sometimes the older you get, but uh, as long as God gives us health and he gives us breath, uh, we ought to be we ought to be serving God. Yeah, that's one of my favorite quotes. Um, I'm, I'm keeping it in my head, and it's for, forever going to be. Uh, Doctor Steve Bailey quoted this, uh, <laughs> but spiritual gifts don't have an expiration date. I lo like I love that because it's yeah. just like obviously no, they don't. They don't. And I've seen them change, right? Like I've seen, uh, I've have great worship pastor mentors that didn't stay worship pastors because their ability to sing and play dwindled, but their passion for people didn't. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I'm thinking through what you said and it's just this, it's idea of like, yeah, you can, you can retire vocationally 
you can tire from you can retire from your career, but retiring from our calling, that doesn't happen. No, uh, we are we're always called to do something for the yeah. kingdom of God. Um, that's that's such a big part. I love that. I think it's so beautiful. Yeah. So how does um, after talking through this, I'm I'm curious because this is also a big part of your heart. How does how does care factor into all this for one another? Well, I, <clears throat> yeah, I mean the Bible is full of um, exhortations to practice the one another's in Scripture, encourage mm-hmm. one another, uh, help one another, pray for one another. Um, disciple one another, confess your sins to one another. The Bible is full of the one another's. And the church needs to care for the church. Um, The job of the pastor is not to care for the church. That's not his job only. Mm. His job is to teach the church to care for the church. Um, Ephesians 4.11, the gifts of leadership in the church, the pastors and evangelists and teachers and apostles and um, shepherds, they, they are to train the saints for the work of the ministry. We need to be teaching people to care for one another. And we, I, we need our church, in our church, in our churches in general, we need to develop a, a, a culture of care where people that attend that church know they're cared for and they're loved. And if they have a problem, the church is right there with them yeah. to help them and we ought to be known in the community as a church that cares and that loves people. If you go to that church, you will be loved. doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter what, what your sin is, what your vice is. You go there, and you will be loved. And we ought to be known as a caring community. I think sometimes people outside the church, quote-unquote sinners, uh, who wouldn't darken the door of church, they often have an idea that the church is a place where you'll be judged. And they need to know and need to think that the church is a place where you're going to be loved and you're going to be cared for. And when you're part of the family of God, you're, you're, never, you're not alone and you're going to be cared for. And, yeah. and we need to not just as a pastor care for our congregation, but teach our people to care for one another. Yeah. I've, while you're talking, I've seen, I've seen this happen. And it's so powerful to where I've I've recognized young adults uh, through the years I've been here uh, come hang out. And for a long time, especially when I first started, there was a uh, there was a higher population of an older generation and a lower lower younger. But w- what's interesting is what happened was when the younger generation started coming in, uh, they almost stuck because of the care that the older generation came. Like I, I remember, and it just throws me back to where, when I first came on staff, there was a guy here, who was, I mean, before me was the youngest guy here. Mm. I was like, hey, and I had an honest conversation. Conversation. I was like, hey, why are you here? I mean, there's none of your peers here. Why, like, mm. why do you stick here? And he's like, because I've been cared for. Mm. He's like, one, he just had an old soul, um, mm. and so he just naturally was attracted to. Uh, the elders and the older generation, but um, he came in, and I mean, every Sunday he would be sitting with with someone, 
uh, of mm. uh, just a completely different generation, and they were just listening, and they were just caring for him. That's great. Um, and it was, it's so valued. Mm-hmm. And I think, and you've, you've spoken to this a lot, of just how we we must recognize that um, there's an easy there's an easy thing to, to to slip into as the older I've seen in the older generation of going. Um, well, it's it's no longer my turn. Like what you said, like it's not it's not my turn to. to there's a negative side of that. It's not not my turn to lead the church. Mm-hmm. There's a negative side of that because they slip into the like I'm not needed anymore. Right, right. And it's like I don't I don't think that's the case. No. They're still extremely needed. Um, one thing that's I, I think that leans into this kind of this last question. I'm just going. Um, is there a I want to say spiritual height requirement for care. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Not at all. I think, again, um, we need to care for one another. It doesn't You don't have to be, have a certain time in the faith to care for one another. The important thing in care, I think, is to just to be with people, to, to walk with people, to be alongside of people. You know, it's the whole adage of, when you visit somebody in a hospital, or when you are in a uh, with someone after in a tragedy or a crisis of their life, the important thing is just that you're there. Mm. It's not so much what you say; it's the fact that you're there. Mm. And so, being there for people, having them know I'm here, I'm on your side, I'm praying for you, I'm supporting you, I'm with you. You're not alone. Uh, we need to make other people feel that way. I yeah. I had a mentor of mine to say once that uh, you know when people are going through difficult times uh, their child dies Mm. or they get really sick or they lose their job it's like they take a mental picture maybe not consciously but they take a mental picture of who was there Mm. in their hour of greatest need yeah not what was said but who was there yeah and if you want to care for people this guy told me be in the picture. Hmm. Make sure you're gonna you're in the picture that they take. Be there with them, and uh, that's part of what it means to to love and to care for each other. You know, yeah. and it because tragedies and because troubles and tribulations don't often happen at convenient times. It's hard. Well, I can't do it right now. Or I can't be there. It's hard, and it makes it takes an extra effort to do that. Hmm. But if you can just be with people, that's so important. Yeah, I, I definitely think that there is a a leverage of time that the older generation has. Mm-hmm. They've, I think I talked about this at, a, at another podcast, but honestly, there's uh, you they've learned how to manage busyness way more than the younger younger generation. Where before I had a kid, I was convinced that I was as busy as I ever would be. <laughs> and then I had a kid, and then I'm way more busy than I ever thought I could be. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like that happens because you're growing in your discipline. And I think um, all the disciplines that the older generation have learned uh, can be leveraged to standing in difficult intersections of life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's so important, um, yep. and it's and I think you've touched even further on that because you could you could focus it in on 
on young adults, but at the same time, it can also be brought into just how the church should interact with one another. Yeah, uh, we should always be caring. Uh, you said this earlier. It's like everyone should be cared for, regardless of their background or right. ethnicity or age or anything like that. And, th- and that love and care, as the scripture says, you know, they they will know we're believers because of our love. That mm-hmm. love and care for one another becomes, I think, a magnet, mm-hmm. you know, to attract people. It adorns the gospel of God. It makes the gospel look even better than it is because people see, man, if I belong to that family, can they love each other, can they care for each other? And it's a powerful evangelistic tool mm-hmm. if we're really using it. Um, I've, I've, I've asked all, all my guests this last question. Um, and we've, we've talked a lot about how the older generation can engage with the younger. Uh, is there any last encouragement or anything that you would say to the younger generation as to uh, relating or receiving care from the older generation? I, I, I think it's important to always to try to be a learner, to not not think that you know it all, and be a, be a person who asks a lot of questions mm. without judging people. Learn to ask questions. We tell. We tell that to, to people who, for example, go on missions trips. Uh, when you go to another culture, don't make judgments. Learn how they do things and why they do things, but don't say, mine is better than yours. Don't compare. So be a learner. Be curious. Be somebody who asks questions and tries to understand people and understand things and how things are done. And uh, I think if you're... If you you spend your life asking questions, especially of older people, uh, and asking and and looking for answers and being a good listener, I think you're going to be in good shape. Mm. So just obviously, sometimes that just takes the humility that only Christ can give you, you mm. know, to be that kind of person that doesn't think that you know everything, but uh, just keep trying to be a learner and keep asking questions. I think it's a good good place to start. I love young people who are teachable. Hmm. They're so much fun to be around because they, they're like a sponge that wants to soak up anything that you can give them. Mm-hmm. And you often feel inadequate because you can't give them enough. But, uh, but man, that, that go through that attitude, go through life with that attitude, you're going to go a long way. Hmm. You know, be a learner. I love it. Uh, well, Steve, thank you uh, so much for your input on this. Um, okay. I love it. We were able to talk through just what this looks like and how God can can use every single one of us for not only care, but just relating uh, in ministry and standing with one another. Uh, thank you. All right, man. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much for listening. For more information about how we're doing this as a campus, you can check us out online at towncenter.gracechurches.org slash eo3. Our prayer is that whatever moment you're in, you know that God can use you. We'll see you next time.